You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is September 8th, 2022, and there's been a little bit of news happening with the MLS team this week. First, center back Miles Robinson was arrested for an alleged misdemeanor theft by the Cobb County Police for an incident at a bar at the Battery. The next day, the team announced that striker Joseph Martinez was suspended for a week, expected to return on Monday, for conduct detrimental to the team. Earlier today was our first opportunity to speak with manager Gonzalo Pineda and a couple of the players about some of these incidents. And also, there's a game on Saturday against Toronto, one of the teams that Atlanta United is trying to compete with for that seventh and final playoff spot with five games remaining. As always, I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. And on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, you're going to listen to some sound bites from Pineda, Andrew Gutman, and Tiago Almada. We'll go to a break, and then I'm going to come back and try to answer your many, many questions about a lot of things for this franchise that is in a bit of turmoil right now. So there were a lot of media at the press conference today, Pineda answered every question he could about Joseph Martinez, about Miles Robinson, and a little bit about Toronto. We've only done this a few times, but we're going to run Pineda's full press conference for you because I think the context of the questions and answers are very, very important. So here you go. Did you make the decision to suspend Joseph, or was that a decision made by Carlos? Yeah, well, uh, I think it's the club. It's obviously we all we all uh, take that decision. Um, Carlos, Steve, me, we talk about it and uh, obviously full support from the club. Because it, it happened on Sunday, the uh, alleged incident, and then the decision was made on what day then? We were talking about uh, different options and things on Monday, Tuesdays, where we finalized the detail of, of, of the action. Did you want to suspend him longer? I will keep it that in private. Do you expect you're going to see him back with the club on Monday? Yeah, yeah, that's the expectation. Uh, I was very clear with him that he's welcome back on Monday. Actually, it's just uh, uh, understanding that he's valuable for all of us here. He's a great player, uh, and I want him back. Uh, it's just a matter of what is more important, the culture of, 
or or you know scoring goals and for me it's the culture a big culture over anything Tiago said he apologized to the team did he apologize to you uh, not yet okay and how was it communicated to him that he was suspended me personally face to face no phone call yes and how what was his reaction I, I don't know their reaction they just he he said he's okay that's it Gonzalo, both you and Joseph have been really public about your relationship being great, right? Um, where do you think it went south in that sense? In my opinion, Felipe, our relationship, our relationship is still good. I don't think it's a matter of him against me. I don't think that was the issue. The issue is he had another bad behavior, not towards me. It wasn't that. It was more about the disrespect to, you know, the club in general and that's what uh, that's why we had to t take action this time right so I in my opinion we still have a good relationship and I can easily talk to him again and I have nothing against him at all when you say another bad behavior how many bad behaviors had there been previously and had he been warned well uh, I tried to manage in certain ways previous things I won't go into the details obviously on that but but yeah they've been multiple cases with him or situations with him where again and probably that's why we have a good relationship because always I've been honest with him and I always talk to him about it always try to you know uh, reason with him and uh, this time we felt it was the right time to, to take action so he, he'd been warned that again and this something's gonna we're gonna have to take some sort of action I, I don't I don't I don't go like that I, I'm okay. not a dictator I don't go people warning hey if you do this again I'm gonna punish you I'm not a punisher here I'm, I'm not that type of guy that type of leader that needs to justify my leader position I'm, I'm not like that I don't go there to players say hey, if you behave like this you're gonna ah, it's for me reason with players and try to understand that we all want to live in a good culture here we want all to respect each other here we want all to to have good behaviors we all can be upset at things for sure because it's life because we live by winning and losing but the reaction that we have has to be in a respectful in a respectful manner to everyone here way back after the austin loss i'm sorry flip it one more. you talked about there were a lot of little things that had been let go or ignored was joseph's behavior among those little things I, I don't remember exactly the timing of that one, uh, so, but uh, certainly there might be some that are on the field, some off the field, not just him in particular, but obviously uh, uh, it, it, it was part, I think, from, from that narrative. Yes. Okay. I think a lot of reaction to this as well, Joseph Martinez is a problem. Would you describe him that way? Think that's accurate. I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't that. The reaction to this story is well, Joseph Martinez must be a problem for the team and, and the culture. Is that accurate? I wouldn't call anyone a problem. Uh, for me, they're all human beings. We're all human beings. We all have good sides and not so good sides. Uh, the good sides of Joseph are massive. He's a great person, no doubts about it. I think he has a great heart. But as anyone else, we all make mistakes. And mistakes in when it is towards people here towards the culture have to have an action, right? But I don't call anyone here a problem. I call anyone good players, good people, that we all try to learn how to coexist in this system. Did you notice more of a change with Joseph when he wasn't starting as much? Like the, maybe like that way with confidence or, or ego or anything like that? No, not at all. I, I spoke to him about that role directly 
that was face to face twice, and we talk about that uh, directly. Uh, I let him know what I expect from him. He was okay with it, and I didn't see any change or this is the reason why he had this behavior. I don't think it's the case. Has his behaviors, these incidents, made your job more difficult and negatively affected the team and its ability to get results? Well, no, my job is not more difficult because of him at all. Again, I love all my players. And for me, uh, being a coach, my responsibility is trying to bring the best out of everyone. And that includes on and off the field. So that's what I'm trying to do here, trying to make sure that everyone behaves good on and off the field. And uh, that's my job, whether that's harder at times or easier at times. When, when, when you are a, a supporter shield contender, it's very easy to be a good teammate, a good coach, a good person. It's very easy, it's very simple, guys. I've been there. So in the difficult times when you are losing is where you have to find who's truly committed to the cause, who's truly a good leader, who's truly a good teammate, who's truly a good guy for the locker room. Whether it's a coach, a staff, player, and this is what we have to find out out of this situation. So you told Joseph on Wednesday, is that right? You Sorry? told Joseph on Wednesday? No. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Um, Miles, is he going to be suspended? No, no, no comment on that, first of all, because... Uh, um, there are some things going on there, but uh, I, I have no comments on Miles yet. I talked to him, obviously. What I can share about that situation is that I support my player always. And for what I heard, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to support my player. Uh, very happy to support my player in this situation. Has the club spoken with the police department? Those details, I, I don't know if I can share that okay. information. What I can tell you is the club supports Miles. Me as a coach and my coaching staff, we all support Miles, and uh, and yeah, that's that's all I can say about it. Is having a physical altercation with a player is that a low point for you as a head coach? Do you believe? I never had a physical altercation with him. It did not happen. I never had a physical altercation. Did y'all get face to face though? No, never. I will never be there. The day I fight someone, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, no, I never, I never had a physical altercation with Joseph. We were arguing, yes. We have having a discussion, yes. But we were always two, three yards away from each other. Never have a physical altercation. I don't know where that come from, but that's a lie. Is this situation considered? Do you consider this a low point or one that you guys can grow from? I consider it just a point. This is part of life, part of coaching. I mean, it's part of who we are. If you think I haven't faced this in my previous experience as a player, I've been in this since I was five, guys. I've been in locker room since I was five. I've been a professional since I was 17, 16. I've been in locker room with foreign players, with good players, with big coaches. I, I, I've been exposed to this type of situation my whole life. This is not new for me. So it's not low or high or this. Yes, winning a trophy is a high point, but it's another point in, in part of life. It's high and lows and it's another one. It's learning process too and uh, that's it. Do you How think do you people take one game like Toronto's game to really see who will step up at kind of this not low point but challenging point within the team? Yeah, I, is it over time that I, it takes? I know everyone will step up. I think everyone is committed. I think uh, and what I expect is Joseph is committed to, you know, he's welcome back on Monday and, and if he accepts that role, like, he's welcome back. Like, it's just 
is part of the team. I expect everyone to be committed to the main thing, which is Toronto's game, right? And facing a very good coach with very good new signings, and it's going to be a difficult game, and we need to focus on that. When you say accept that role, like the role that he's not the starter, like accept the role that he comes back? Or? His role as a leader, his role as a big player for Atlanta United, and I expect him to accept that role. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what I expect. How concerned are you just with your players emotionally? Everything that they're going through throughout the year, now here's another incident where they lose <coughs> the top player. Is there concern considering the, the, the challenges and the games that you guys are facing in the next few weeks? Well, after talking to them individually in groups and that, I think uh, they are focused. They are focused for the next game. So there's been multiple things that have happened this year. Uh, so this is just one more probably. But we have faced enormous challenges, enormous challenges throughout the season. Uh, and uh, and we're still here with possibilities to, to make playoffs. And, you know, we will try to fight until the end for that. And I think if something, I can tell you I'm very proud of the fight at the end of the games, even though when things are not going well, they always fight, they always come back. I think we're third for goal, more goals in the last minutes of the games. I think we're third or something like that. I heard that stat the other day. That makes me very proud of the team because, again, they never quit, they never surrender. So I have no doubts about that. Do you want Joseph back here next season? I mean, his future is now going to be discussed. Is, what's the status? Well, I still don't think that anyone in the club is thinking about next year. I think Almeida is not at my level. Uh, we're still not thinking on those terms. We're thinking on making playoffs on the game on Saturday against Toronto, and that's all is in my mind at this moment. Knowing you need goals and you need wins, was there any consideration to suspending Joseph after the season? So, something <laughs> like that? I mean, because, you know, y'all, the challenge is immense for y'all to make the playoffs. Yeah, it depends. I think when, when you have clear your vision of what you want to create here, it's, it's easier here. So uh, it is a matter of what... What is the message to, to the players, to the fans? What is the message to the academies? I was in the academy dinner the other day, and we were telling the kids uh, values that we like, humility, teamwork, and commitment. And if I value more the goals than the culture, what is the message to those kids that I, we all spoke in front of them? I, I don't know. So what is the message for the rest of us, not just players, kids, fans, staff, we all need to respect each other here. We all need to to understand that 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 we want to create something that that is uh, is a sustainable success. And in order to do that, you need good culture. So, if you prefer goals in five games rather than good years, five years of good culture, then yes, let's 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 not take that decision now. Has it been more difficult? Has it been more difficult than you expected to build culture at this club in your first try at it, honestly? I would say that because of the injuries and the key injuries we have had, yes, a little bit more than I expected earlier in the season. Because it's not easy to lose a culture, a tremendous culture guy like, like Brad Wilson. It's not easy to lose him. It's not easy to lose a tremendous culture guy from a different environment like Ossie Alonso. It's not easy. Uh, a guy that can be tremendous in the future as leader, like Miles Robinson, is not easy. Big parts of the season, uh, the three fullbacks, Andrew Whitman, leader, uh, Brooks Lennon, uh, Ronald Hernandez, big parts of the season, not, none of them. So many of the leaders right, of the team were out for multiple months, some of them rest of the season. So obviously that doesn't help uh, to bring 
and a strong locker room and culture. That doesn't help, but I think so far it's been okay based on those situations. Gonzalo, Joseph may very well come back to training next week, but you've talked about before, you know, it's not just about what you do on the field, it's about kind of all the things that you're observing as a coach and that the players have to do. What do you need to see from Joseph when he does come back to get himself back, back into your team? Well, what, what he has shown in the past, because he's not like everything is bad about Joseph again. I, I don't want that narrative of Joseph is a problem, no. Like, Joseph has shown that he trains well, he can be a good teammate, he's very good in the locker room when, when he's the leader that we need. He's uh, scoring goals, certainly. So I need him all the package of Joseph Martinez. I need him to be back to Joseph Martinez, the guy that we all like here. We all like him when he trains hard, when he does the right things on and off the field, when he's a good leader. Uh, things that has done in the past is nothing new for him. I expect that Joseph Martinez on Monday, and he's going to be more than welcome uh, in this environment. Does it, does it make it more of a challenge just kind of knowing the fact that he's kind of one of the maybe the phrase of this franchise, you know, the brand has been largely built around Joseph Martinez. The fans obviously adore him. Does that make it more difficult for you to deal with this situation? Uh, might be, might be. But again, it comes back to the answer I just gave. Like when you have cleared your objectives and, and the message you want to send to everyone in the club, I think uh, you have no questions about it. But yeah, I can, I can agree that it's, it's not easy to take these type of decisions, but it makes it easy when when you, as a club, not just me, but as a club, we all want the same thing, which is uh, building good culture uh, in the team. Besides what if he doesn't show up? Altercation. Sorry. Yeah. Besides yeah. the vocal altercation, did you feel like maybe at training he wasn't taking it as seriously when he wasn't starting or was lacking in areas? Well, I, I won't share those details. I'm sorry. Uh, for me, codes are very important, especially being a, 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 a part of football family, if you can say that. Uh, it looks horrible when a person shares, a football person shares detail of the locker room or the training environment, it looks bad. So I prefer to keep uh, truthful to my codes. So uh, I want to speak that. What I can say is Joseph Martinez uh, is, uh, is, is trying at times to train very good. So yes, he can do it. He's capable of training hard for sure. That's why he's been so successful in this league and in football in general. So he's capable of training fantastic. He's more than capable of scoring goals for Atlanta United. We know that. So that's what we expect from him. What if he doesn't show up on Monday? What's the next step? I don't know. <laughs> we, we will see. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that may happen. But if it happens, we will address it with the other leaders in the, in the club. And, and we will take action if it is needed. But we'll cross that bridge when, when it comes. We spoke with Andrew Gutman, and here's what he had to say about Joseph's suspension. You know, that's a situation for me that I just want to leave with the club and, and Gonzo and, and everyone. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. I know that's kind of half the reason why everyone's here, but for me, I don't have really much to say. And then here's Gutman trying to turn attention to Saturday's very, very important game. You know, I think the focus has been pretty good. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing for us is we're still in it. You know, I, I think we're five points out of playoffs, you know, so we have five games left and, you know, we're still in it to make a make a playoff push. Um, so for us, we're just focusing on Toronto and, you know, getting three points and kind of hoping just to, to get on a run and, and go into playoffs on a, on a real high. And then I asked Gutman if it felt like this had been coming to a head for a while between Martinez and Pineda. I don't have anything really to say about that. Um, you know, again, it's kind of 
like a cliche comment, but for me, that's something that between him and the club, and I'm kind of here just to play play soccer and help the team win, especially against Toronto. I asked Diego Almada on if the team is able to maintain its focus despite all the negative news this week. I think we're we're not letting it affect uh, the team very much. I think we're just all, um, you know, trying to keep working and focus on the weekend. And if he had any ideas as to what caused Joseph's frustrations to boil over. Uh, I think it, it happens in the heat of the game um, and also the frustration that uh, we haven't been getting results lately. But I think the important thing is that the, the whole team is united. Um, we're all together and, and focused trying to get the results that we want. And I asked Tiago if he had any thoughts on Joseph's suspension. As teammates, you know, we're, we're always here to support um, guys on the team, but we're all, we're all focused um, fully on the weekend and getting ready for this game. It's going to be a tough game. Toronto is very, very good, playing very, very well right now since they added two Italian national team players as well as Mark Anthony Kay to their roster. Atlanta typically plays better at home, but really they just haven't played well at all for a while. So this is going to be an interesting game on Saturday. We're going to toss to a break and come back with a mailbag. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we've got a new promo, so don't just skip through it. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution keeps you informed on the news that matters to you. And now for a limited time, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the AJC for just 99 cents. That includes all of our Atlanta United coverage, plus sports, politics, investigations, breaking news, dining, and more for less than a buck. It's our best offer of the year for the best journalism in Atlanta, Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to get unlimited digital access for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you'll always know what is really going on. All right, let's go to the questions in inverse order. So last one's in, our first one's read. Dr. Fallis, friend of the podcast, says Pura Vida, which is a Costa Rican greeting. Let's pretend Doug Robertson is the president of the team. How would you fix his team? What would be your first step? That's a really interesting question. Um, if, if I could only take one first step, I think I would add a lot more analytics to the scouting department so that I can remake the scouting model of players that we've been signing because to me, a lot of them are just too similar. That would be my first fix. Ben says, good morning, Doug. I hope you're enjoying some coffee. Well, not at 2.38 in the PM. 
Do you think we'll see Joseph Martinez on the field again for Atlanta United? As you heard, we asked Gonzalo this question, asked Tiago this question. Both of them said they think so. I don't know. I would be surprised if you see him again play for Atlanta United. He's got one more year left on his deal. There's an option year the team holds after that for the 2024 season. There will be four games remaining. If Atlanta United loses to Toronto on Saturday, they're going to be, oh, what, nine points? Nine or ten points out with four games left, which is just impossible to overcome. This may be Joseph's way of kind of forcing Atlanta United's hand to, to trade him or try to transfer him. I don't know for a fact. It's just, you know, it's something we've seen from other players. Ben continues, you referenced in your last show that this team, for some reason, is unable to execute the tactics Pineda has set. My opinion, based on the limited information, is that Pineda is a poor communicator. This has been evident in his press conferences where he's had to walk comments back on numerous occasions because he believes they were misconstrued by the media. Also, if his post-game comments are similar to what he is telling the team each week, then the players may think they are executing his plan. I hope this weekend the team can find a way to put a few in the back of the net against Toronto. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I will not be able to watch as I'm taking my daughter and some friends to the union match. Um, I think Pineda is a pretty good communicator. He can communicate in Spanish as well as English. Pineda isn't going to throw any players under the bus to the press. I don't think what he tells us is what he tells the players, to be quite honest with you. I think that he is harsher on them than he is when he's speaking about them to us. So we will see. Fong asks, who actually decides if Pineda stays or leaves? Is it Boca, Blank, or someone else? Uh, it's neither of those. It, well, it would be Boca in consultation with whomever is named franchise president. Steve Cannon, the CEO of Arthur and Blank Sports and Entertainment, may also have a role. He is the interim president of the club right now. But I don't think you're going to see Pineda leave unless he gets a better offer. Josh says, regarding Joseph's suspension... And the revolution, revelations, he refused to participate in an 11-on-11 practice and destroyed his teammates' post-match meal in a childish tantrum and then had to be physically separated from his coach. I've been replaying the last six seasons in my mind. Way back in 2017, I remember being disappointed with Joseph ripping his shin guards off on the field when Tatas subbed him off like a petulant child. Winning makes you forget such things. I remember DeBoer in 2019 talking about having troubles with Joseph. Joseph had issues with Heinze that seemed to contribute to Heinze being fired. Now Joseph cannot get along with Pineda and is again skipping important practices and acting out in disrespectful ways. Is it possible Joseph's cancerous me-first attitude has been a key factor in Atlanta's failure to gel as a team these last two years? When a $4 million per year player cannot act professionally under multiple managers, maybe it's not the current coach's fault. I'm a founding member and a diehard fan, but I think Joseph has to go. It's foolish to think Joseph will act differently next year, and we need to field a team, not a divided collection of athletes. Could getting Joseph off the team turn out to be addition by subtraction? So a few counterpoints to some of your points. Pineda isn't the first manager that Joseph simply walked out of a practice on. It's happened a few times in the past. 
typically when he's frustrated with himself or frustrated with his teammates' lack of focus, but it has happened before. So this is not specific to Pineda. I don't remember DeBoer talking about having troubles with Joseph. I do remember Joseph and Heinze having some issues with each other. It has been clear that this team has not been able to execute the tactics of pretty much the past few coaches. Joseph is the one constant, along with Brad, on the team who's played since over that span. So you could point a finger and say that Joseph may be part of a problem, but I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, he scores goals. Goals change games. Teams need goals. Strikers can be mercurial, but I don't think you can point a finger directly at Joseph and say he is the reason for all of these troubles. Adam says, Atlanta player finally takes a shot, gets arrested for doing so. No wonder the offense struggles. That was pretty good. In all my years watching sports, I'm not familiar with any time a player physically confronting their coach over strategy or playing time ever resulted in the player getting their way. But as an Arsenal fan, I have a high bar for such things. Now, if Joseph had maybe thrown some pizza Pineda's way. Pineda said there was no physical altercation. He said he doesn't know where that came from, but it was a lie. My daughter, this is continuing the email, my daughter has graciously and deeply adopted her fanhood of my cherished teams. In observing this rough, rough patch for Atlanta, she remarked how losing seems contagious sometimes, like it's a disease. That's a pretty good analogy there. Verily, if I take my glasses off, I might be able to mistake Jeff Lorinowitz for Roy Hobbs. Perhaps he can make one last series of runs from the back to salvage the season, and after scoring the winner to secure the postseason play, he'll kick the ball in celebration high enough to knock Sparks out of the halo board. Mr. Luckovich could then pencil a sketch of Jeff turning the tide with three swings of the boot. Cue rousing orchestral score by Jerry Goldsmith. That's a really good email. Thank you, Adam, for a little levity in what's been a, a week that's difficult for Atlanta United and its supporters. Michael asks, what does this team do well? I'm a season ticket holder, and I've watched every match this season. I cannot identify a single thing this team does well. There are certain individual players who do certain things well, but as a unit, I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know either, Michael. I, re I really cannot tell you what they do well. They've been scoring on set pieces well recently. That's about it. Oh, they hold on to the ball well. They lead the league in possession, and but, you know, they don't create much out of it. Alternatively, alternatively, what is the thing they come closest to doing well? Um, the whole possession thing. Kelly asks, thanks for your repeated efforts to, say so, to stay somewhat positive in the face of such bad performances. Kelly, you might be the only person on the planet who's ever described me as positive. It's clear that the team has mentally checked out and is simply playing out the string. I don't know if that's true. The results would lead one to believe that's true, but I don't think that's true. Kelly continues, this is a Pineda problem. Managers pick starting lineups, overall tactics. However, the manager is also in charge of the mentality of the team which is severely damaged. I'm not sure any manager in MLS could change this team's mentality this year. Too much adversity. Did ask Diego if, and Gutman and Pineda were all asked basically about with everything that's going on this year, what is the focus of the team? And they all gave the answer that they are still focused. They can still believe they're going to make the playoffs. So, you know, believing in it, but being executing tactics to increase the probability of that happening are two very different things. 
Lamarama says, so with the whole thing with Martinez, you probably have or will have had a bunch of questions about it. So I won't add. I've seen the idea thrown around about loaning out some of the younger guys like Wiley, Campbell, and McFadden next season. They probably won't have anywhere near as minutes with the first team as they had this year. I feel like they look good at points, and I don't want their growth to slow down. What do you think, and which teams do you think they would do well in? They're not going to get loaned. Wiley is the starter. Campbell is going to be a starter next year. McFadden's future will depend upon Brooks Lennon and if the team picks up the option on his contract. And if not, McFadden will go to Atlanta United 2, or if his contract is up, will likely be signed by another MLS or USL team. Henry, with a few questions, friend of the podcast is Henry. Considering the number of Italian players coming on Saturday, I thought it appropriate to ask, pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? That is a big old hard nay. No, no pineapple on pizza. That's just gross. Joseph's frustrations have more of an effect on the team than people think. He's the team icon and captain. So seeing him flip a table with food had to have impacted the players more than just, welp, there goes our dinner. It's a sign he knows they can do better and that this team is a mere shadow of what it used to be, what it should be. The players may say that they're going to make the playoffs, but do you think they actually believe it? I believe that that they are going to try their best to make the playoffs. I don't know if they believe they are going to make the playoffs. How likely are each of these to stay with the organization come next season? Joseph, Pineda, and Bocanegra. I don't think Joseph will be here. I think Pineda and Bocanegra will. If you could sign one player, realistic signing for Atlanta United right now, who would it be and why? That's a really good question. Antoine Griezmann, who's got a weird contract situation with Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. He's talked about wanting to come to Major League Soccer. He scores goals. That's who I would sign. Jaydan says, I first began watching soccer when Atlanta United played its first match at Bobby Dodd. Since then, I've enjoyed following the team. I've become a season ticket holder, and I've even joined a rec team myself. Well, good for you, man. I'm at a point where I want to understand soccer at a deeper level, both in terms of strategy and individual player performance. I've read Inverting the Pyramid by Jonathan Wilson, begun following excellent podcasts such as yours, and have started watching more matches, but I'm not getting closer to the level of understanding I'm looking for. For sports I grew up with, like baseball or football, I can watch and sometimes see a play that's about to happen. For soccer, I can sometimes look at after the fact and still not fully understand how space was created, how the team's strategy helped dictate the character of a match. If you were in my position coming to the sport fresh as an adult, how would you go about developing this kind of intuition? There's uh, thousands of good books, uh, How Soccer Explains the World. There are good books by uh, Sir Alex Ferguson among others, about coaching and soccer. You could do something, and this is going to sound silly, as simple as playing video games to understand spacing and the dangers of of pulling players out of space and moving players into space. But really, just watch as much soccer as you can from all over the planet. I mean, the fundamentals of soccer are no different than the fundamentals of American football or baseball or even hockey. You want to make sure your gaps are covered. You want to try to create numerical advantages. You have to gamble sometimes to do that, but there's a ton of things. And and if you watch a lot of highlight shows, the announcer, the analyst will go into some of this stuff a lot. And uh, it can be very, very informative. Taylor Twelman is very good at it. 
Stu Holden is very good at it. There's tons of, of guys in England and Germany who do the analysis who are very, very good at it. And just keep reading about Atlanta United. Follow all the local guys. Dirty South Soccer, uh, Soccer Down Here, uh, Siempre United, uh, Five Stripes After Dark, or Five Stripes After Dark, uh, The Athletic. Follow all of those. You'll get there. It, it's, it's a process. A different Doug says, W for the pod. Given that playoffs are unlikely, what's the goal for the remaining games besides winning? Testing new talent, trying to define tactics, winning over fans with effort. What can give the club momentum for the offseason? Well, you're not going to see any of that until there's an E by Atlanta United's name in the MLS standings, E for elimination. And then if they're eliminated, then you might start to see some of the more homegrowns get some um, get some more minutes, get a couple of starts, something like that. Jason says, Doug, I love the show and your in-depth, unbiased coverage of the team. Well, Jason, that is very kind of you, and I appreciate it. I've listened to your podcast for a while, but never sent in questions before. I thought I would give it a go with two today. As many suspect, there are concerns with the coaching, but a weariness, weariness to make yet another change and strip the team of any minimal progress that it has made. Is Rob Valentino a potential solution? It would seem that he would give the team a sense of continuity yet free the team up from Pineda's possession-based tactics. Even though it is hard to judge from a small sample size, our, offenses, our offense has tended to look the most free when he was in the interim role. I know he is fairly inexperienced, similar to Pineda, but if Atlanta doesn't give him a shot, somebody else will. You know, you, there's a lot of things to keep in mind about this with Rob. The players were coming from Heinze and his dictatorial, draconian, Training sessions, Rob, I don't think, overloaded them a lot. Heinze had very specific instructions for every player for everything. And it's hard to play when you're trying to remember all that. I think Rob just kind of let him play a little bit. But obviously, you can't just keep doing that. So Pineda came in with his idea, and the players have had trouble. But there's also been so many injuries to so many key players that I think any manager, even Sir Alex Ferguson, would have had trouble. Jurgen Klopp would have had trouble trying to get this thing going this year. Second question from Jason. Roster construction has been an obvious concern around the team, and Boca has been the constant target of criticism, perhaps rightly so. Could you shed some light on the staff that supports him on the scouting side? Has there been a lot of turnover in that group since the beginning of the team? And if so, has it all been through people just moving on to other opportunities or have they made any changes after some of the personnel busts the team has had over past seasons? I'm just curious if Boca is really the root of many of these underperforming players, or if we've lost some others that were key to our early wins on the personnel front. Thanks again, Doug, and have a wonderful day. Well, Lucy Rushton was the first data analysis scout that Atlanta United has. She went on to DC United. Uh, she got a, a better job there. They also lost Paul McDonough. Another good scout, identifier of talent, and a good worker of the salary cap. So those are two very, very big losses. They brought in Jonathan Spector. Um, they hired another data analysis, but it's only one person in the scouting department. I just think, and I said on the beginning of the podcast, or the beginning of the mailbag, that I think there's just something in their data analysis model that needs to be tweaked because... Too many of the players have the same skill sets and none of them are positively impacting results. 
And our last question comes from Allison. Very good question. She said some other kind things that I won't read on air, but I appreciate it, Allison. I don't know this if this question is even worth the time, but in the grand scheme of things, if we could fix one thing with Atlanta United as it stands as a club now, what is the thing that would be the most imperative or have the greatest impact moving forward? It's a fantastic question. I don't know if this is even possible, but figuring out the injuries, why these injuries consistently happen in various groups, the, the quads, the MCLs, the Achilles, the ACLs, things like that, that would be, if you can even figure it out, what I would dump the most money into. Because even when Atlanta United was winning big, lots of injury issues. And it's not the turf. If it were the turf, every team in Major League Soccer that has turf would be suffering these types of injuries. But it seems Atlanta United suffers more than others. That's what I would fix. Second thing is I would make sure the next president, you get that one 100% right. All right. That is going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. Atlanta United will host Toronto, 7.30 p.m. Saturday, 7.38 kickoff, Valley Sports South. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. Find me on the Twitters at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. Y'all take care. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh.